Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Samantha Harris. Emmy award-winning TV host and best-selling author, Samantha Harris is best known for her eight seasons on Dancing with the Stars and Entertainment Tonight. Currently, she's the host of Game Show Network's Tug of Words. After a breast cancer diagnosis at age 40, she is now thriving and leading others to live their healthiest healthy life as a certified health coach and founder of your Healthiest Healthy community courses and retreats. In this episode, Samantha talks all about her cancer journey, which led her to living more healthfully than ever. She shares learnings from her cancer diagnosis, her diet and lifestyle shifts post-diagnosis, which include reducing toxins in, on, and around the body, her top nutritional and lifestyle tips to feel your absolute best, and so much more. Keep listening to learn all about Samantha and her Healthiest Healthy community. I'm so excited to share with you that our number one selling granola is now available at over 3,000 Walmart stores nationwide in the cereal aisle. This is a dream come true to have our granola more accessible in so many locations across the country. Our original granola was my very first granola recipe and has been a favorite of our fans ever since. Our recipe is made with organic oats, superfood grains and seeds, lightly sweetened with coconut sugar, and a hint of cinnamon. It has a delicious, salty sweet taste and that perfect crunch. To make it easy, I have a link in the notes section of this episode to help you find a Walmart near you. Happy shopping! Samantha, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited for our conversation today. I just love all of your positive energy, what you're putting out into the world. And I, of course, also love that you're a fellow integrative nutrition grad. So excited to talk about all things health and feeling your absolute best. I love Purely Elizabeth as a product, but I love even more you because we speak the same language and I get so excited talking to Mm -hmm. others who just kind of totally, I'm going to just say we dork out over it. Totally. A hundred percent. So I would love to start with your wellness journey. And I know that um, it took a very big pivot where you really found your passion and your purpose, I think, along with the cancer diagnosis. So would love to start kind of what led you into this world of health and wellness and all of that. Well, so I was always someone who loved exercising and well, not always, not when I first moved out to LA out of college and had to figure out how to exercise and what we, I know. Where are you from originally? So I grew up in Minnesota and I grew up in a family that was very theatrical and loved just entertaining people. My parents produced and created one of the country's first Renaissance festivals. And it's actually, our first one was in Chicago and the second one, which still exists to this day is in Massachusetts. So yeah, it's called King Richard's Fair, named after my dad who passed at 50 of of colon cancer. But he, you know, he was the king and they ran this business and my mom and sister still run it to this day. But I always had these Hollywood dreams from a young age. And then I went to Northwestern University, majored in journalism, and then made a beeline out to LA because I also minored in theater. And I thought maybe I want to be, I want to be an actor. So it was a lot of a go, go, go world from the time I landed in LA to getting my first network primetime show, which was a show called the next Joe Millionaire, which was like a precursor to The Bachelor and all of that. And then eventually got my first entertainment news job at Extra. And then I was at Access Hollywood and Extra and E! News and ultimately Entertainment Tonight for many years. But, you know, that world, because of the 24-7 news cycle, and even though it was entertainment news, was very, very much go, go, go. A lot of emphasis on how do you look in a dress? How do you stay thin? How do you stay trim? How do you get your muscular definition? And I I would find myself actually on the cover of over a, a dozen health and fitness magazines because I found my strong body. I really found how I loved working out. I didn't realize I would enjoy it. And I found the joy in it and being in fitness classes. I got, I, I've been taught fitness classes as one of my six juggling side jobs while I'm <laughs> trying to make it in Hollywood. But I really lived on this treadmill of just 
go, 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 like at the fastest speed possible and focus on body. Never focus on health, never focus on taking time for yourself, never focus on stepping away from the rat race and making sure you're doing what you truly need to be um, able to live optimally and healthfully. And so that was the blindsiding wake up call when breast cancer hit at age 40. And what happened at that time? First of all, I know that it was your story somewhat where it wasn't just you went into the doctor. So what was that process? Because I know your story and I know it wasn't that you just went into the doctor and all of a sudden you discovered that you had cancer. I know there was more to it where there's a lot of learning there. So much learning. So I was about to turn 40 and I thought, you know, my dad died of colon cancer at 50. I have daughters who are three and six right now. My dad's mom had breast cancer, but lived you know, at 65, but lived to 95. I should probably set a baseline and get a mammogram. And so I did, and it came back clear, which is exactly what we'd anticipated. And then 11 days later, 11 days, I was changing after a workout and you know how tight those sports bras are, you know, you kind of move one breast to the left and the other one to the right, you circle them around and I'm sitting there doing that. And I'm thinking, wait a second, this is a weird feeling. What's this lump? This lump was not here before. Like I literally had not felt this lump before. Wow. It was on my right breast. And I thought, well, I'm not worried about it. I, I just had a clear mammogram. I'll bet I'll go see my OBGYN because she's always been my go-to for everything. And she's the only one of any of the doctors I've ever had who actually did a clinical breast exam, you know, at each annual pap smear or whatever it was. So without hesitation, she said, get, come on in. She checked it out. She said, you know what? You're 40 now and it's probably glandular 40 year olds, you know, and once you're over 40, you start to get lumpy breasts. This is just what it is don't worry about it. It's nothing. So I kind of just took her at her word, but a month later it was still there. And so I thought, you know, let's just get a second opinion. And I'm really proud of myself at that point that I didn't just stick my head in the sand. And I went to see my internist again, because it wasn't cancer. So he did the same thing, quick clinical exam. He felt around and said the same thing. It's not cancer. It was nothing. But if you're worried, we'll keep an eye on it. Okay. So, you know, and then before I knew it, Elizabeth, it was the holidays and New Year's and you kind of come up for air and you, I realized four months had passed since I found the lump and it was still there. So that's when I said, okay, if I'm going to live with this quote, nothing lump, I need to make sure that we're doing something besides just feeling it. How the heck do we know what it is if we're just feeling it for God's sake? So that's when I went to someone who looks at breasts every day as their profession. And the only type of doctor who does that is an oncologist. So here I was at the you know breast oncology center near my house, and that even that oncologist said, "No, I don't think it's anything." But we did two ultrasounds, we did a needle biopsy. Subsequently, once we ended up finding the cancer, we did an MRI. Not one diagnostic test found the cancer. Wow! They it, the diagnostics saw something. But literally the call just came into the room with the results from the needle biopsy. And she said, good news and bad news. The good news is it's not cancer. The bad news is I don't know what it is. So I'm going to suggest I do a lumpectomy and take it out anyway. And thank goodness she suggested that because when we went in, we found it was ductal carcinoma in situ, which is cancer contained within the milk duct. But because she listened to her gut, she said, you know, there was this little area on the border that looked like healthy tissue, but for whatever reason, I wanted to sample it. I don't even know why I wanted to sample it, but I did. that was invasive breast cancer, but it didn't look like it in the room. And had she not done that and closed me back up, my outcome would have, God forbid, been a lot worse. So I, I went back to surgery. I opted for a double mastectomy, two-stage reconstruction. Uh, I was on a hormone blocker for eight and seven and a half years. And I'm, you know, 2014 and here I am, knock wood and stronger, more energized, more vibrant than I've ever been. Wow. That's incredible. The power, it sounds like of really listening to your body, you knew that something wasn't right. I did not know the power of listening to our body. I did not know the power of knowing your body until this whole experience. Um, it is possibly the biggest message I have taken from it that I share with other women. 
but how it's easy to say, well, know your body. Yeah. How do you do that? How, yeah. But how do you know your body? And I think that's really the, and that's where it comes to knowing that if you are exercising and moving your body every day, you're going to be in a place where you can notice changes physically more when you're nourishing your body with nutrient dense foods and getting rid of the processed junk and carcinogens and all the just terrible things that are in our food supply. I don't know why they even call it food in, in the, <laughs> the, the things that go into our mouth supply is really what it is. And then also just tapping into whether it's yoga, meditation, Tai Chi, breath work, mindfulness, all of those different elements make you much more self-aware and able to notice things because no doctor is ever going to know your body as well as you do. So you go through this process. Now you're, as I started off saying, like, you're so positive. You have such great energy. Were you always like that? Was this something that you had a renewed sense of this vibrancy and change of outlook on life? I absolutely have always been a positive person and an energizer bunny. Interestingly, the energy that I have now, I, it almost seems impossible, but the energy <laughs> that I have now is even, and, and being this many years or decades older than I was, obviously in my 20s, I have more energy. I don't get the slump at three o'clock in the afternoon. I don't have that. I still don't like waking up in the morning, but once I'm out of bed, I go, go, go all the way till bedtime with the same level of energy without the dips. And that's a nutrition thing. That was really, I think the nutrition component and how I changed my diet after cancer, that was the biggest thing. But cancer definitely struck down my positive spirit, hardcore. And I felt this overwhelm and anxiety that I had never experienced in my life. And so I, after maybe two or three weeks of feeling like that and still the unknown of what was to come next in my cancer journey there was just again i guess it was that inner voice that just said i can't feel like this i've got these two little girls i have this amazing husband you know my mom went through all this already with my dad i have to be i have to change something so i made a conscious choice to flip my perspective and look at everything that came down next in the cancer pipeline with the most, you know, not rose colored glasses, because that's, that's just sort of ignoring, mm -hmm. but really looking at the positive spin on things. So here I was with this cancer diagnosis. Okay, so let's have some positive self talk, which has become one of my really big tools for, you know, kind of your healthiest, healthy version of dealing with stress. And positive self-talk was, okay, well, I have cancer. What's good about that? Well, I'm in otherwise really good shape, which is going to lessen my chances of any sort of issues during surgery complications. It's going to allow me to bounce back a lot faster, recover more quickly. Okay. That's good. Keep talking to yourself. What else is good? Okay. Well, I have really good health insurance. Thank goodness. We're not going to you know, we're not going to lose the house because I have cancer. That's amazing. Freaking awesome. Keep going. Okay. Well, I've got a great support I've got, you know, so the more that I looked at the positives in each part of it really allowed me to get through the darkest days. That's so wonderful that you were able to like really find what worked for you, because that could be, I think for a lot of people really freaking hard to get out of that negative talk and how you were able to find like, okay, I know the thing that I need to do to get me out of this. And now that you can, sounds like you continue to use this, whether it's stress or other parts of your life today sure. and share that with others. And it's not to say that everything is all hunky-dory and woo, let's, you know, there are those moments and those days where I can't quite figure out how to get back to that, but thankfully they're much shorter lived and they literally are hours or days, not weeks and months. And that is incredible progress. Yeah. I think I love having the idea of having like a list of tools that are personalized to you. Cause of course we're all different, but like, what are those tools that help you get out of feeling like not your best? So what makes me feel great? Like I have a list on my iPhone notes that like things that make me feel good. 
And I, you know, have 30 or so different things that you can look at to be like, okay, maybe right now I don't want to do X, Y, and Z, but hey, how about try this tool right now, which I think is a really good tip for people. It's a great tip. And it's something that everybody can do. And each list is going to be unique to each individual, right? And granted, there might be some great overlap. You're like, oh, I love that you have that on your list. I'm totally adding that to mine, by the way, need to get your list. Um, But I think that that's a really important and helpful tool to have. So again, besides that, you know, the positive self-talk, control what you can control is another really important go-to for me. And when I'm feeling stressed, when I'm feeling worried, and we have only the control over our reactions in certain situations, our effort and our attitude. So, you know, we cannot control obviously anyone else and we some, we can't control the weather and the pandemic and the, you know, other people's decisions. So when we focus on, on okay, I have like when the pandemic hit, okay, I have no control that there's a pandemic right now. Yeah. What can I control? Well, I can control how I'm going to choose or not choose to wear a mask. I'm going to choose or not choose to test. I can choose or not choose to go out or be indoors or out, right? These are my choices gave me the power back to give that control, right? We got to take back the control. It's one of the reasons in my book, literally, it's like your healthy, healthy, eight easy ways to take control. And then, you know, the subtitle keeps going. What is it? If I can't <laughs> live longer, happier, cleaner life. I have to look at my book title to remember what it's called. But the idea of being able to take back our power was, I think, one of the greatest gifts that cancer gave to me because I didn't realize I could be in control. So control what you can control, positive self-talk. I love your list idea. Then also worry when you have to worry. So that also has been really empowering to me because we all know we have these crazy monkey minds that go nuts and we worry about everything from the little things of overthinking what we're going to do for dinner tonight to the big worries. But a lot of times we don't have to worry all the time. For instance, in the midst of the pandemic, I started peeing blood and immediately, of course, having had cancer. Yeah. My mind immediately went to, God forbid, I have bladder cancer, I have this cancer, whatever. So I tried to take a breath and remember, okay, if God forbid there is a diagnosis of something bad, I'm going to have plenty of time to worry. So why don't I just take control of what I can take control of? I can call my doctor, make an appointment, take a breath, go to the appointment, see what happens, right? And I had a UTI. It was fine. No big deal, right? So things like that to worry when we have to worry also are great. And then for me, the other go-to tools in stress or anxious situations or when you're feeling overwhelmed, breathing. I mean, breath work has been something that I used to think was what, that weird thing that yeah, those people did. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I get it. I totally understand the power of the breath, whether it is a you know an hour on a mat or literally two or three rounds of deep belly breaths before you go into a meeting or while you're sitting in traffic aggravated or whatever it is. And the fact that we can knowingly activate our parasympathetic nervous system, right? The rest and digest can never be active at the same time that our high cortisol, high stress, parasympathetic nervous system, that fight and flight is active. So the fact that we can make a choice to activate the parasympathetic through the breath work, automatically deactivating all that high cortisol, which is you know surging in the levels of chronic cortisol in our culture is terrible because it leads to inflammation, which leads to disease. And so I love that I can go, oh wait, okay. And, and sometimes it's not even a stressful situation. It can be an excited situation, right? You can just be yeah. happy, but like the energy is going and you get a little surge of cortisol there, but you don't want to even live in that place for too long. I mean, you can stay in the happy frame of mind, but not that like frenetic happiness that brings the cortisol. Yeah. The breath work is so fascinating. I just had Dr. Pedre on the podcast who has a new book out on gut health. And he goes into a lot of the gut breath work, parasympathetic connection. And when you really bring the science with it to say like, When you're in that fight or flight, your blood goes away from your gut and cannot be digesting and therefore 
if our gut is like the root of our health, we need to be in that parasympathetic relax mode as much as we possibly can for our gut. Yeah. I think without a doubt, I mean, we know the gut brain connection through the vagus nerve is so profound as well. And what that means for our level of anxiety and dealing with so much. Um, and so when we can take those deep belly breaths and then the gut health, you know, you bring up the microbiome and why, you know, why what you're doing at Purely Elizabeth is so important too. just getting the right foods into our gut so that our microbiome and the good gut bacteria can be there because not only is 70% of our immune system in our gut, but that gut brain connection of how is our mental health going to be? It's going to be affected by what we're eating and how we're nourishing ourselves. And so when I talk to people who are either private clients or social media followers, or in my, you know, I have a, a membership coaching group and wherever we, I am talking to people, the idea of we can make a change in slow, small steps. And if there's one change to make, the best change to make starts with your nourishment. We can't out-exercise a bad diet. Our diet is possibly the most powerful thing that we have control of. A hundred Making those decisions so many times a day. A hundred percent. So let's get into some of the diet and lifestyle pieces. And particularly, you know, for you after this diagnosis and you change some things in your life, like what were the, some of those major changes? And then how does that play out today in really what you share with your community? Well, so, I mean, there's so been so many changes. First was the nutrition changes that I made. I didn't realize how I was eating. That was actually... <laughs> okay. So first of all, you look, when I was hosting Dancing with the Stars, I had eight seasons on the show standing next to these incredible bodied professional dancers with the, just the sculpted, gorgeous muscles. And I was already down that path from my workouts of wanting that toned tight body and having really achieved it. And I worked even harder probably while I was on dancing and on entertainment. I always worked an entertainment news show full time while I was hosting dancing with the stars. So, you know, I was, if I wasn't interviewing the celebrities on dancing and their professional dance partners, I was interviewing celebrities in, you know, on the set of their movies. And so I had so much focus on just wanting to look good. And to me, that meant I had to eat a lot of animal meat, a lot of animal protein to build that sculpted muscle. And 21 out of 21 meals a week, here I was eating you know, yogurt or eggs for breakfast, poultry usually for lunch and fish or more poultry for dinner. A bean-based meal or a plant-based meal was never even something in my deck of cards. Like I didn't <laughs> understand what like, plant-based, what you mean the side dish? What do you, I grew up in Minnesota, land of cows, <laughs> right? Like I ate every part from tongue to practically tail. So I had no idea that there was this world beyond animal meat. But when I was diagnosed and I learned that I had no genetic link, and yet one in eight women will be diagnosed with invasive breast cancer over the course of her lifetime. Well, I was actually in the majority because only five to 10% of breast cancer is actually hereditary. So here I was with this sort of frustrated patient perspective of, okay, I don't have, even though my dad had cancer and there's a breast colon connection and his mom had breast cancer, but oh, okay, here I am, no hereditary link. Why? I'm the healthy one. I'm the one who works out. I'm the one who eats all these like lean, you know, egg whites and skinless boneless chicken and, you know, yogurt it's supposed to be healthy, not realizing how many sugars and junk and crap and, you know, is in it. And so I began to research because I'm a journalist that at least you know, I could lean into that. And I read and researched everything I could. I really learned it is what we put in on and around our body that affects our overall well-being that keeps on or turns off, hopefully, certain strands or structures of DNA that will develop into a cancer or a dementia or a heart disease. And so that gave me so much excitement and empowered me in a way that it ignited something so so powerful that I needed to share with others. And that's when I wrote the book, Your Healthiest Healthy. It's why I developed the, you know, Your Healthiest Healthy community and courses and retreats, blah, 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 because I just want to shout from the rooftops, hey, 
Start with your diet, one small step at a time. Then maybe look at your makeup bag. What are you putting on your skin? Are there endocrine disruptors and carcinogens? What's in your hair products and your cleaning supplies? Do you have those air fresheners plugged into the wall, releasing chemicals all day long into your home? You know, all these things that I didn't realize and so easily plausible to be overwhelmed by it. And that's why I just go back to it. It's one small step at a time. Yeah, I think you make such a good point that it can be so confusing. It's can be so overwhelming. You hear so much information coming at you. They're differing opinions. Like, where do you start? What do you pick? What do you say? I'm going to try this. I'm going to do that. So for people who are starting out, where do you like to usually start? I know we kind of talked on food, but more, I guess, specifically, what are those kind of top tips when it comes to food that you think are like, okay, these are the tried and true staples to start with. Well, the good thing too is to know, look, I have, unlike most um, experts who have their book series and everything, a lot of them have one particular, like they've developed, this is the one way you need to eat and you have to follow my way or you're not going to succeed with your best optimal health. So you have, you know, everyone from the vegan, vegetarian, macrobiotic to the paleo and the keto, and then down the middle of the Mediterranean. The one thing that all of them, because I've researched literally all of them and then the science behind it, they all agree that a plant-based foundation is key. So if you say, okay, well, I I could go plant-based, but I really don't want to be vegetarian or vegan. Okay. So if you're going to have meat, how are you sourcing it? Is it grass-fed? Is it organic? Is it pasture-raised? Are you having the eight, 12 ounce portion, which is unnecessary for anyone, or can you bring it down and have two or three ounces at, in a serve, you know, at a serving one meal a day or two meals a day, or you know, how can you change it up so that you still have some of that and thereby reducing the processed junk as well as the other thing that they'll all agree on. So my biggest tips are fill your plate at least half full of veggies at every meal. One what are of- your favorites? Oh my goodness. Okay. So, well, first of all, I intermittent fast, which is a newer thing in the last couple of years. And I never, if you would have said you're Samantha, I I don't want you to eat anything for 14 to 16 hours a day. I would have said you're crazy. (laughs) But during the pandemic, because I was home with the kids and I was, you know, getting my workout in on an empty stomach and then starting my work day, but then it was like a stop down for their recess and then their lunch prepping. I realized all of a sudden I wasn't actually having my smoothie until earliest 11, if not 12 or even sometimes one o'clock. And so I I inadvertently began intermittent fasting and then realized, oh, this feels amazing. And then I started to read all the research and all the incredible benefits. So when I say I start my day with a smoothie, that doesn't start before you know, 11 or 12, like a 14 to 16 hour fast. I mean, look, the earlier, the better. If I could stop eating at seven every night, that would be amazing. But with family and the kids and activities, it's usually an, it's a nine o'clock dead drop, no matter what. But I try to get as close to 830 as possible. Eight would be even better. But so, yeah, so I usually am going nine to 11 minimum window. And, and, you know, I try to stay pretty regimented about it. I really do. And I usually break it actually with a handful or two of raw cashews just because I'm really excited to now eat. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm like, okay, now I really am hungry and I want to <laughs> eat, but I, it takes me a while to put my smoothie together. And we know from a variety of studies that a handful of nuts a day, again, staying away from the ones that have processed with seed oils and salt and all that uh, actually helps longevity. And it could be because those people eating raw nuts are also eating other healthy things. I'm not sure that they were able to, you know, isolate for that. Um, But yeah, so my smoothie is, and by the way, anyone listening who wants my smoothie recipe or wants my list of clean, you know, free of toxin makeup or skincare or hair care, I've really run a, a long course of working with even when I was just back um, shooting 65 episodes of a, a game show that I host, I actually asked my hair and makeup girls, my they're good friends of mine, I said, hey, can we, like going into this, I only want f- products that are free of anything harmful, like no carcinogens, no toxins, no endocrine disruptors. So anyway, so I have a great long list. That's if great. Were they like surprised by that um, or they're getting more and more requests for that these days? Um, I don't know. 
that they actually won. They were like, yes, please. And they're now integrating a lot of those th- new finds into their kits That's as amazing. they do other people because they want that for their lives. My hair girl had just had twins and her, her first set of babies. And so she's like, yeah, I got to start their lives like this. And um, my, my makeup artist who I've been with forever and ever, she is, has always been much more into the wellness, but most of her clients are like, no, I want the Chanel. I want the Armani foundation. I want the, which it's unfortunate. There's a lot of, thankfully there are a lot of amazing brands out there with really highly productive, effective products that last and achieve a look that you want without all the gross stuff. But if at Samantha Harris TV, um, which is like television at Samantha Harris TV on Instagram, Facebook, I will send you my list. But so back to food. So that smoothie, I love it. And I put everything in it. I call it kind of my kitchen sink smoothie because I put all the things in it that I maybe won't have on their own, like the chia and the flax and the matcha and the bee pollen, even the ginger. I'm not really going to consume those on a daily basis on my own. So they just, they go in the blender you know, with my favorite protein powder that's plant-based and, you know, as many greens as possible. What's and your favorite protein powder? There's one that I have called Shackley that has been around for 66 years. And um, I like it for a variety of reasons, but also for people who are just starting to try to segue over to a protein powder. Yeah. Because um, I've, I've pushed some other brands on like family and friends <laughs> and they're like, you're crazy. And that this is the one I've never had someone say, no, I don't like it. Okay, so great entry yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They have plant-based and a soy. I prefer the plant um, also has breast cancer, even though we know soy has breast protective qualities. I really, I'm a, a kind of a hardliner about going with more as, as close to the a natural source as possible um, and not the soy protein isolate as much, even though the researchers at Shackley uh, and I've taught <laughs> their poor medical affairs department. <laughs> I was like, I'm on the phone with them way too many times, but they do say it's actually still breast protective. But again, they have a plant-based op- option and it's great. So that's what I choose. And I put uh, berries, usually strawberries, wild blueberries, always organic, everything, you know, again, just reducing that exposure to toxins. So that's your breakfast. That's right. And it's so nutrient dense. And I make a really big one that it tends to keep me satiated. It's, first of all, it'll sometimes take me well over an hour or more to just even finish. And it, it it's so filling. Yeah. And because my body has received all the nutrients it needs, it doesn't send me hunting for other snacks and junk and other things. But when we eat that bag of chips or, you know, bag of cookies or whatever other processed stuff, because it doesn't have all of the fiber and the photo phytonutrients and phytochemicals and all the goodness, we end up searching out other foods just because they need to fill the void that hasn't been filled yet. Yeah. Smoothie is such a good way to get in all of those goodies. Yeah. I love that. And so then I usually go for either a big chopped salad with beans in it in the later afternoon, or sometimes if I'm just still so full, but I kind of still want a little snack before dinner, um, then actually just raw veggies with hummus or guacamole. And I always try to keep chopped up. You know, food prep is definitely a key component of having success. So if I always have fresh chopped you know, carrots and celery, and then I have snap peas that are already pre-washed from the store ready to go and mini bell peppers and you know cu- Persian cucumbers that I can quickly just rinse and go they're all really great so if I'm driving carpool or I'm sitting outside cheer for my you know younger daughter for an hour while she's in cheer practice I can just sit in the car and munch on the on good things rather than grabbing a bag of chips so funny I just I have like nothing in my house right now because I've been traveling but I have Persian cucumbers and those mini peppers and they are such a great snack to have grab and go. I love it. They have that crunch. And then I always try to make sure that if I am having some sort of vegetable that I am comparing, I'm pairing it with a healthy fat because otherwise we don't get the nutrient absorption of vitamins A, D, E, and K and some of the other minerals in it. So um, that's why I love to throw the guac or the the hummus. I mean, Costco's awesome. They've got the organic individual little, you know, packets of it. So you just got to get it and throw it in the car and good to go. What are some of your other top nutritional and or lifestyle tips for people really helping to prioritize your health? And I think about just what you said about like 
meal prepping, which can be a huge thing to really help. What are some of those other ones that you'd like to share with your community? To schedule your workout like any other appointment in your day so that it's a non-negotiable. And it's about consistency as well. So for those, you know, for those who maybe don't work out at all, but want to start to integrate exercise into their lives, say, okay, well, start with, you know, twice a week for five minutes or 10 minutes, just start small. And I, I feel like we live in such a, you know, high reaching society where we have to feel like the pressure of setting the bar high is the only way to go. And I actually like to tell people to set the bar low when it comes to some of these health goals, because the feeling of achieving is the feeling of achieving. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you ran a marathon or you ran a mile. If you set your goal at a mile, you're going to feel that sense of achievement. But if it was a marathon that you set and you went five miles, you're going to feel failure. Or you went even 24 miles, you're going to feel or, you know failure. Yeah. So the mentality of it and how our, yeah, well, how our body sees it, right? Like how we internalize it. So I think, yeah, so it's scheduling your workouts and they're non-negotiable, starting small, are two really big things. Again, almost just looking at things before taking action. So walk into your pantry or open your fridge. Start small, start easy. Do you have high fructose corn syrup on the ingredients labels of any of your products in your house? If you do, either vow to you know finish it up and never use it, you know buy it again, because I understand we spend a lot of money on our groceries. Or if you can throw it away and start fresh. And if it's unopened, perhaps you can even donate it and that's your good deed. Um, and not that you want to give the high fructose corn syrup to somebody else. So maybe just throw it away. But but the idea that you know you you're getting it out of your home. When it comes to your your beauty routine, you know, changing up what is in your foundation or your skincare, your day cream or your night cream, just starting with one product for each part of your beauty routine and the product that covers the most surface area since our skin is our largest organ. And again, really learning how do you, how do you read the labels? How do you understand what's something that, again, it can be overwhelming. So, you know, thankfully there's some really great resources out there. The environmental working group, um, which is ewg.org is a wonderful way to see what's in products. They give a one through 10 rating for individual ingredients and also for products themselves with an average of all the ingredients, one being clean as can be, 10 being toxic as all get out, run away, never use it again. So you can start to educate yourself that way. There are some really great online retailers that already vet the brands that they sell. So if you're like, you know what, I don't have time. And look, even places like Sephora and Target um, and Walmart are starting to have some more green, clean standards. Yeah. They're not to the extreme of clean that I would want to have in my own home, but they're a really great stepping stone and it's showing the demand is out there. So if that's your first step, again, small steps, anything that's from that section, go ahead and start there. And then you can graduate to these other online retailers that have higher standards. When it comes to beauty, are there, what ingredients are you specifically looking for, for someone who's just starting out, you know, changing what they have? I feel like with food, even though there's a lot of weird ingredients, it's a much easier label to read. And we know like high fructose corn syrup, we don't want, but when it comes to beauty, there's so many ingredients on there that even the clean ones I find can be confusing of like, what is this ingredient? I don't know that I can pronounce this. Is this good? Is it bad? But at the very least, what are some of the top ones that we should be like, definitely don't buy this if it has X? Well, and, and you make a good point because with food, if you can't pronounce it in the ingredients label, you probably don't want to eat it. With beauty, there are actually a lot of very clean ingredients, especially something that as simple as like, I don't know, um, lavender oil, but it might have like a much longer Latin name. That Right. It's so confusing. Like, yeah. So, you know, look, the one thing that most people kind of like the high fructose corn syrup of food for beauty is parabens, which most people are becoming pretty familiar with. Uh, when you're shopping, you'll see a lot of labels on the front of the marketing. You know, they're very smart with food and with beauty products that they will, those, these smart and to our detriment as consumers, because the marketing gurus at these big brands will slap everything, you know, from when you're going down and you see Fruit Loops on the, you know, shopping aisle of cereal and it will say heart healthy or, you know, <laughs> boost immunity. You're like, what? Same thing sometimes when it says paraben free on a product, because 
oftentimes, even though it might be paraben free, it might still have many other endocrine disrupting chemicals or carcinogens. So, uh, but paraben free is a really great start. The other things I like to look for are fragrance. So fragrance is a proprietary substance and therefore even the company manufacturing that product has no idea what is in the fragrance within their product, which is why the catch-all term fragrance is on the label. And a fragrance on its own can have sometimes hundreds of chemicals in it. And a lot of times fragrance can be, and even on the Environmental Working Group's website, if you look up just the word fragrance on that one to 10 scale, fragrance is a nine, almost as harmful as anything else out there. And a lot of times it could be individual ingredients within the fragrance that are challenging. Sometimes it's the combination and sometimes a byproduct called 1,4-dioxane, which is a known carcinogen that can be created from that. And so that's another one to look out for. If there's PEGs, which are polyethyl glycol. So but you look for capital P, capital E, capital G hyphen, and then usually a number. So I try to avoid PEGs. There's so many, there's so many. Look, formaldehyde is highly toxic, talc highly toxic and it's in a lot of makeup and a lot of different products formaldehyde obviously is in our hair coloring hair color is a tough one to get clean i've worked really hard to kind of narrow it down i've gotten a little bit better with that but it's hard to get away from from the formaldehyde and some of the other really toxic ingredients same with your nail polish you know nail polish has formaldehyde and a lot of tulene and some other baddies but you can buy from companies for nail polish that are considered five free or seven free. And they basically are saying, we're committed to making sure these five or seven more, most harmful ingredients are not in our nail polish. So that's also a great option. Those are great tips. Thank you. Yeah. So at Purely, we're all about thriving on our wellness journey. And I love how like you're not a breast cancer survivor, but a thriver. Yes. So would love to hear how you really thrive in your week. Like what are the things that you do above, you know, just nourishing yourself with great food and working out? What else do you do to feel your optimal best? Well, I've I've added in a lot of self-care that I didn't even know existed previously. And, you know, because of all of the wonderful, um, almost, you know, biohacking options out there, like I'm actually right now wearing a constant glucose monitor because I love understanding. Um, I I had levels on, this one is NutriSense. I mean, to be honest, the actual monitor is all all the same. It's all the same one. And then it's just a matter of what, which app you're using. But I love understanding how my body's reacting with my blood sugar to different foods or stress or workouts and what I can do about that. So that's, I, I consider that, you know, self-care in my day. Love that too. I, I that's so awesome. <laughs> I, I got an infrared sauna. I call it my cocoon of safety. It's great because, you know, there's so many infrared sauna, not so many, but there are a handful of infrared sauna companies on the market today. And you can literally spend you know, well over $10,000 on one that looks like an actual like wooden structured sauna. I have one that's portable and my head pops out and I sit in a little chair in it or what I've been preferring to do lately is just because I'm little enough, I zip myself all the way in and I sit on the floor there cross-legged or I lay down and put my legs up the wall. And then I also get the benefit of the infrared lights on my face for skin rejuvenation, oh, all that. But What's I'm in the there. brand that you have. Um, so it's a brand, and I have the link in my bio for okay. 10% off, but it's called um, Therisage. And I've also talked to the owners at length, and they understand the science behind it all. So I love that because it helps with detoxification. So, you know, we're being pelted with toxins all around us all the time from, you know, especially if we eat anything from the sea. And I will say I have not given up sushi. I have it once a week. And I still only at once a week have high levels of mercury. So I have to do detox protocols. And so the infrared sauna is part of that. But not just that, when we're eating off of plastics, we're buying groceries that are encased in plastic. We have these other, you know, BPAs. We have all of the, you know, everything everything is some sort of acronym of something or another. We have PCBs, which are the other toxins that are in our oceans that come in our fish. We have environmental toxins we're breathing in. So the infrared sauna, they claim, you know, there's a lot of wonderful claims and also good research on it. As a breast cancer survivor, I know that 
I have a higher risk of lymphedema from having 11 lymph nodes taken out from under my armpit, which is a permanent swelling of the arm. And there, it's great. The National Institute of Health has a great body of research that now shows that if you are five years post breast cancer, that actually infrared saunas can help reduce your risk or symptoms of lymphedema. Wow. Uh, I have, you know, I have breast implants from my mastectomy and there could be off gassing happening. So the infrared sauna can help rid some of those toxins. It also helps with nitric oxide, which is what allows your blood vessels to open up a little further to allow better blood flow and prevent heart disease and better circulation and all that oxidation, um, healing properties. So the infrared sauna, I actually, I'm sitting, I, while we were talking, I know you saw me move from my like well-lit <laughs> chair where I, but once you told me I, we were not on camera, I thought, you know what? I just for the first time got, Therasage also has, and there is another brand called Higher Dose. They have this PEMF, pulsed electron, electromagnetic field mat, and it's the size of a yoga mat. And, um, oh, I and love that. basically it has the pulse electric magnetic field has different like H, HZs, different um, frequencies that mimic those of the earth. And so you can change the dial and you can have it on like something that's more for sleep or one for just soothing and energizing. And then it also has far infrared. So my sauna has near mid and far infrared. This mat just has far infrared, but it also has all these like healing crystals embedded into it for earthing and grounding. It, all these things that I would have said, you are a really kooky weirdo, like you're <laughs> person. If someone else had told me this years ago, and now I'm totally that person and it's not kooky and weird. It's amazing self-care. I absolutely love that. I'm all about all of those tools to make you feel your best. All right. Well, we're going to move on to some rapid fire Q and a, okay. You got it. What do you wish more people knew about you? That I'm actually funny. <laughs> my, my youngest daughter heard me speak at a big heart health event as the keynote. And when I was done, I was so, I was a little nervous what her feedback was going to be because she's brutally honest. And she just said, sorry, this is supposed to be rapid fire. And she said, mommy, you're really good. And wow, I didn't know you were so funny. <laughs> so apparently I'm funny. Okay. There That's we go. so cute. Must read health book. Oh gosh, there's so many. Eat to Live. I think that one's Joel Furman. Yeah. That one's fantastic. How Not to Die by Michael McGregor is also fantastic. He's from nutritionfacts.org and really fantastic. The China study is what changed me to go more plant-based and understand how carcinogenic animal proteins can be. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, I would say we'll stick with those for right now. Those are, those are great. Um, a gut bliss is another great one by Robin Chutkin. Who's um, a, a gut a gastroenterologist. There's so many out there. I mean, you should see the stacks that I have of all, yeah. of, all the books. I'm, I'm definitely a nutrition book nerd and health nerd. Your favorite wellness hack. Smoothie in the morning. Do you always do the same one or do you change it up? Twice a week, I have an acai bowl version of it. So I add some almond butter and not some a good heaping of almond butter. And usually I have a water base in my regular smoothie. So that has almond milk and banana. I usually don't have my smoothie, but I have that in my acai bowl. So, and then I can get my, my cacao nibs and I just need a little change. And sometimes I just want to be able to spoon something. Yeah. yeah. And okay. then every so often I will do, uh, you know, more of like a coffee banana flavored smoothie or a chocolate banana, strawberry, something like that. But for the most part, it's the same. I feel like that with most people, with their morning smoothies, like once you get into a routine with it, it's just easy to go and, and not deviate. Well, it's hard to because to deviate because everything I have in the one that I've now created has all the things that I need to have right. to live optimally and get all of the nutrient density. So if I have my acai bowl, I don't have my ginger in it, right? I don't have, yeah. So it's like things like that. Try it out. Yeah. Three yeah. things that you're currently loving. It could be a product, TV show, podcast, anything. I'm loving rewatching the entire series of Game of Thrones with my 15-year-old. I'm loving actually going on runs again with my husband about once a week. Nice. Top three items in your grocery cart. Organic spinach for smoothies. Organic sprouted tofu for a couple of meals a week with the family and flaxseed, organic flaxseed, but the whole seeds that I grind because of the cancer protective qualities that I add to my smoothies. Favorite words to live by. 
Well, I was going to say carpe diem because when I was growing up, that was completely like how I felt like I just got to do it so I can succeed in what I want. Just breathe. And lastly, what is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? Plant-based eating. Perfect. Well, Samantha, in closing, what's next for you? And then where can everybody find you? Well, I'm working very excitingly on launching the on-demand Your Healthiest Healthy courses that will be um, available based on topics. So it could be the Your Healthiest Healthy Foundation, which is like a great starting point for anyone who's looking to mitigate their risk of future disease or live healthy or, or, or more vibrantly. I have a thriving after breast cancer course, an intermittent fasting course, a weight loss course, you know, so many different topics. So your healthiest healthy courses is very exciting. And then my ongoing wellness group. So every week I do a live coaching session, a live workout and bring in a live guest expert for your healthiest healthy community. Um, but you know what I love the most is having my retreats. I have one in Utah every year in October, November, and 2023 will be end of October and in Santa Monica, California as well. Oh, and then I have a TV show. It's on every day, uh, Monday through Friday. On no big deal. <laughs> it's called Tug of Words. It's a wordplay game show. It's lots of fun if you like fast-paced wordplay. So that that's a blast to do. And everybody can find me on most actively Instagram, but also Facebook, Samantha Harris TV, like television, at Samantha Harris TV. And I'm just starting to try to do TikTok. Same handle, but I'm not quite as apt at that one. So that's the best way. And all my links to my, you know, whether you guys want my list of you know, products, those that you would want to DM me for, but there are a lot of links that the infrared sauna link is on there. My website, my retreats, all of that are on the link in my bio on Instagram. Perfect. Well, Samantha, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for all of your knowledge. This was so much fun to catch up. I am so glad to have had this time with you. You're awesome. And I'm going to go, you know, throw some awesome purely Elizabeth granola on my next acai bowl. So there we go. Love it. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.